Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to this episode of Business and Legal Q&A Live. I'm your host, Peter Lamont. Thanks for joining me. Today is April 17th. Can you believe it? April 17th already. And um, we've got some good questions today. First question, our business question, is going to deal with the importance of branding your small business. And then our legal question concerns information subpoenas, what they are and do you have to answer them. So before I get into today's questions, I would like to say a few words and thank our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by mdsupplies.com. Now, I know a lot of our listeners are in the medical field, whether they're doctors or um, they work at, at uh, you know, extended care facilities or nursing homes, um, and this is something that you guys should pay attention to because you know uh, just how much money you spend on medical supplies every year, but how much of what you spend is actually going towards the purchase of your supplies. You know, when you pay for medical supplies, it really, you know, it includes additional people who are in there grabbing your, your money. You know, you've got overhead, you've got transportation costs, distribution, warehousing, salesman's commissions, and it seems like everybody out there has a hand in your supply chain. Well, mdsupplies.com wants you to stop lining everyone's pocket at your expense. With mdsupplies.com, you are connected directly to the leading manufacturers and vendors. No distribution centers, no fleet of delivery vans, no territory sales managers. With MD Supplies Direct Connect technology, you get the same name brand products with an average, get this, an average savings of 50%. I mean, that's a huge savings. MD Supplies Direct Connect now lets manufacturers and vendors compete for your business. And their online ordering portal serves as your single source for buying from multiple vendors. With MD Supplies, ordering is simple and easy. You can track your shipments and analyze your historical purchasing data. So stop overpaying for your supplies and visit mdsupplies.com. Now, what's great about mdsupplies.com is it's not just medical professionals. It's anybody within the you know, realm of, of uh, needs for medical supplies. That's tattoo studios. You know, whether you're a nursing facility, EMTs, Maybe you're just, you know, a, a large office and you need to have medical supplies in your facility. Well, you should check out mdsupplies.com. And for those of you who are uh, watching live on YouTube, just want to show you very, very quickly the mdsupplies.com website. So if you take a look here, you can see that as of today, they have 34,567 products. 56 vendors, and 345 brands. So this really is your one-stop shop for medical supply needs. You can shop by products. If you go down, you can see in this drop-down list just how many products they have here. Everything from apparel to emergency products, housekeeping, office supplies, needles and syringes, they have it all right here. You can also shop by vendor, and you can expand the vendor list here and see just how many vendors mdsupplies.com deals with, and you can shop by brand. And when you extend the brand, check this out. I mean, this is everybody that you could need to order from. So if you are in the need 
or or uh, in the, the medical profession, you need medical supplies, I encourage you to take a look at mdsupplies.com because that's your one-stop shop for medical you know, necessity, and you can save up to 50% off of your total purchase. So check it out. Uh, thanks to MD Supplies for sponsoring this show. All right, now let's get into today's business question. Well, today's question is, how important is branding in small business? You know, and I think that this is a common question uh, because a lot of times small business, especially sole proprietors or, um, you know, just generally small offices, uh, a lot of times something like a, a pizza place, you know, the idea of branding is just an expense that they don't want to tackle. They just... It's not as important. You know, if you're a pizza place, for example, and you go out and you get your pizza box um, with your name on it, that's it, right? That's the extent of the branding and the sign that you hang above the door. But there's more to it in this day and age. It's not enough, unfortunately, for small businesses just to uh, be small businesses the way they were 20 years ago. You hang up your sign and and people will come in. Um, I think that with the Internet and with the advances in technology, I mean, it's just changing so rapidly that you as a small business, you have to understand the importance of branding. You need to have, you know, information about your business on, you know, specific uh, designed brochures and flyers and folders and handouts because otherwise you get lost in the shuffle. You know, you also have to have an online presence. And so, this question about branding is important because if you have, and let's just stick with the example of a pizza place, if you have a, a pizzeria and your branding extends to your sign above your store and to your pizza box, well, you are missing out because look at what some of the national pizza places, and let's, you know, in my opinion, I'll be honest with you, I don't think that places like Papa John's can compete with some local pizzerias that make really good quality pizzas. But what's the difference between the amount of money that a chain store makes versus the amount of money that a small local pizzeria might make? Sometimes it's significant. And why is that? Well, it's because of the branding. And now I understand that small businesses cannot afford to run commercials and ads the way a business like Papa John's does. All right, but what is it about Papa John's and Pizza Hut and Domino's? It's their branding. If you have been watching TV recently, you'll know that Domino's has been running a campaign about uh, their name change from Domino's Pizza to just Domino's. And they have this commercial where the sign falls down and they're showing a different logo. You know, and, and my kids said to me, I don't understand what's the big deal. They're making a big deal out of dropping the name pizza. But... In business, it is a big deal because they're trying to expand their market reach and trying to get away from the idea of just pizza. And how are they doing that? By this new branding campaign, you know, slightly modifying the logo and creating buzz. Now, small businesses can do that too. You need, as a small business, you know, and, and this is my opinion and my experience, you need to have your own logo. You need to have your own design. You know, you want something that when somebody sees, you know, your name, they 
know it's you and not just a generic pizza place. So take, for example, the idea of the pizza box, where you go to a vendor and they'll print up you know, your pizza box with your name just printed on it, and they do that for everybody else. What if you had a logo? What if your logo was more than just your words? And that's, I think, where you know, branding is really important because for a little money, not a lot, not the money that Domino's dumps into their TV ads, just a little bit of money. I mean, you can get really good logos made on websites like Fiverr.com or you can get um, you know, some, some overseas companies that will give you an entire branding package for $100. Um, it's really something that you should look into. It's not complicated. It is affordable. But it, it creates this brand connection with your customers. And it's something that I think you must do if you want to succeed. And that's going to carry over to all of the other products that you offer. If you're offering a coupon book, it's got your logo on it. It, it, there's brand identity, and people can connect with you. They'll see something, and they'll know it's you. I guarantee you if you walk down the street and you see a flyer with just the Domino's Domino you know, graphic on it, that your mind is going to equate that sign with Domino's Pizza, even if it's not related. That's just the way that we're trained. So with branding, as a small business, you can do it inexpensively, but I think that it will yield a tremendous amount of benefit for you and your company. So how important is it? I think it's critical. You need to have a logo, a design, a look for your website. You need to have that in your social media campaigns. You know, it's so critical that I think if you don't think about that when you set up your business, this idea of branding, that, you know, you, you're going to struggle. And I, I see it often with companies that think branding is something that they can work up to because, they can just do a basic website and they can put their name on it. Or they can, you know, start this pizzeria and their pizza is so good that it'll sell and they don't need to do anything. But it's more than that. You know, just look at how people connect with businesses today. And, and the number one way is the Internet. And not just the Internet, but mobile devices. I mean, mobile devices are really taking over the lion's share of, of our searches on the Internet. And if you don't have that branding, if you don't have something that says, this is, this is me, then you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So it's not enough. You know, some, somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, oh, look, I've got these, these pens and they've got, um, you know, my name on them. And it's a generic pen that, that a company had printed up and it was relatively cheap. And I said to them, why don't you put your logo on that pen? Why don't you make that pen more than just words? Why don't you make it your logo? And they said, well, we don't have a logo yet. And I said, well, how long have you been in business? And they said, about two and a half years. I said, you don't have a logo? And they said, no. And I said to them, well, why don't you look into it? And um, you know, I hope that, that that company, that person that I talked to, does, because I think that Branding is so important, it, it really creates this connection with your customers that you don't have otherwise. So how important is it? I think it's ultimately you, just, you need to have it if you're going to survive in today's business. And we can talk uh, at another show about the extent of the branding that you need to do. You know, How far do you need to go? What sort of things do you need to have? Um, but just for the purpose of today's discussion... I would suggest to you that if you don't have some brand identifier, 
at the very basic level, a logo, a unique logo, then you should get it and then start from there. All right, so now let's move into today's legal question. And today's legal question is, what is an information subpoena and do I have to respond? Okay, now, a subpoena is a legal device. It's a document that carries um, enforcement powers by the court. And when you are served in general with a subpoena, not specifically an information subpoena, but a subpoena, it could be for a variety of things. It could be a request that you testify at a hearing or a trial. It could be that you testify at a deposition. Or it could be that you have to produce documents in connection with an investigation or a lawsuit. Now, sometimes you'll receive a subpoena because you'll have information, but you're not a party to the lawsuit. So you might get something where um, they're looking for your records. If you're a doctor, for example, you might get served frequently with subpoenas because in a personal injury action, uh, one of the parties involved is looking to get the plaintiff's medical records. And so when you get served with a subpoena, you know, you ultimately have to comply. Now, that's a general subpoena, right? You must comply with subpoenas because they are enforced by court rules, and then ultimately by the judges. Information subpoenas are similar in a sense, okay, in that it is a document served on you that's enforceable by the court, enforceable by the law, but an information subpoena comes after a judgment has been awarded against you. So let's say you have a lawsuit and you don't, let's say it's a, a collection matter, a small bill collection matter, uh, $500, and you didn't pay a doctor, and now the doctor's office has turned it over to a collection agency, and they are suing you. And you get this complaint in the mail, and you decide it's $500, I'm not paying this, and you get, um, you know, you, you throw out the complaint, just rip it up, and you say, I'm not getting a lawyer, I'm not doing anything. Well, after a certain period of time, depending upon your state, that plaintiff, the one who's looking to get the money, the collection agency on behalf of the doctor, can enter a default judgment. And when they get a default judgment, it really has the same force and effect as if you had a judgment awarded at a trial. So now they've got this judgment, and it says that you owe $500 plus whatever attorney's fees. So how do they go and collect that judgment? How do they get it from you? Because it's illegal to just show up at your doorstep and start grabbing your stuff, right? Well, this is a vehicle by which they can identify ways to collect their money. So they send out this information subpoena. And in a sense, it is just what it is uh, called. They're seeking information from you. But the information that they're seeking will enable them to take the next step to try to recover the money that they were awarded in the judgment. So, for example, if uh, you receive an information subpoena, you're going to find questions in there that say, where's your bank account? List your bank account. Uh, list your employer. Why? Why is it in there? Well, because A, they want to try to garnish your wages. B, they might want to try to seize or attach your bank account to recover the money that you owe them on the judgment. So, moving into the next phase of this question, do you have to respond? And the answer is absolutely yes. You must respond to an information subpoena. It's different in uh, various states throughout the country, but the idea is the same. 
So procedurally, you might have different time periods in which to respond, but the idea is the same. If you don't respond to an information subpoena, you may get a second one. You may get a notice from the attorney who's serving it. But ultimately, if you continue to refuse to answer the information subpoena, they can go back to the court and they can make a motion to hold you in contempt. And oftentimes, a contempt order can result in an arrest warrant, not because you didn't pay the judgment, but because you failed to comply with a court order. So if you get served with an information subpoena, understand an information subpoena is different than a general judicial subpoena where they're looking for testimony or documents. An information subpoena seeks information about your employment, your finances, your bank, your bank account information, because the plaintiff is seeking to take your money to satisfy a judgment. So when that happens, I suggest, even if you ignored the complaint and it resulted in the judgment, get a lawyer, let the lawyer help you, because in certain situations, you might be better off settling with the plaintiff as opposed to completing the information subpoena and having your employer know that your wages are about to be garnished. So, um, you know, as soon as you get it, don't delay. Get an attorney. Have the attorney help you because you do have a certain number of days to respond to the information subpoena. And if you get an attorney on board right away, the attorney might be able to sort of um, avoid you having to answer the subpoena by settling the case. So maybe the attorney would call up the other side and say, look, we received this information subpoena. My client's willing to resolve this. Would you be willing to take you know, a 10% deduction or 15% deduction on the bill and, and, you know, or structure a payment plan or whatever it might be? But if you don't have that attorney, you must answer the information subpoena. And if you don't do it, ultimately an arrest warrant would be issued. So imagine that you get an information subpoena and you ignore it, and now they have moved to hold you in contempt, and you're driving down the road one day and your tail lights out, and the cop pulls you over and realizes that there's an arrest warrant for you. So think about the consequences of not answering it and understand that when you get it, it is not something that you can deal with yourself unless you're willing to divulge all your information and know that your employer will know that their, your wages are being garnished, your bank account could be seized. It is very important. An information subpoena is not something to be ignored, and it's something you need to move on immediately. Don't stick your head in the sand and say it'll go away because it will not go away. All right, that is going to do it for today. Um, I'd like to thank uh, the people that submitted the questions, and I encourage you to continue to submit questions. Um, I pull from this pool of questions every week, and there's some, some real good ones out there coming up. I had mentioned on a previous show that I was uh, considering expanding the business and legal Q&A um, you know, to five days a week. And as the questions come in, the volume of questions is, is um, sort of leading me down the path of trying out that five-day-a-week um, program format. The other thing I want to mention to you is don't forget 
to use the new Ask Your Question feature on the website, utlradio.com, because it allows you to record your question directly into your computer, and then we get notification of it and can play your question live on air during the live shows. So don't forget to check that out. That is at utlradio.com. Also, don't forget to download the free app. There's a link on the website, and it'll uh, allow you to be notified with upcoming events. There's the calendar and schedule of UTL radio shows, as well as the ability to listen to the show right from the app. Um, I want to thank again today's sponsor, mdsupplies.com. I encourage anyone looking for medical supplies to head over and check out that site and save yourself you know, a pretty amount of money on medical supplies. So thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Uh, I will be back on Monday with my co-host Bob Hughes doing the Business and Legal Week in Review. And there certainly was a lot that went on this week, uh, especially Aaron Hernandez and, and a lot of other developments. So we'll be talking about those stories on Monday during the Week in Review and then back Tuesday with another episode of Business and Legal Q&A Live. So I would, again, like to thank everyone for listening and downloading, whether you're listening live, whether you're watching live on YouTube, or whether you're going to download this podcast later. I want to thank you. Um, your feedback, your support means so much. And, and you know, continue to send it my way. Let me know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, so that we can kind of tailor it to the needs and desires of our listeners. So that's going to do it for today. I hope you guys have a great weekend out there. Um, finally, here on the East Coast, we're getting some nice weather, so that's a plus. Maybe it's time for some uh, some lawn cleanup and, and some planting, so that's a, a nice thing to look forward to. So have a great weekend, and I will see you again Monday with Business and Legal Week in Review Live.